Welcome back to the Fit Project podcast team. I'm your host, Roy Hanford, and we're hanging out at the Fit Project Brunswick once again, talking to Ben from Marshall Spirit. Thanks for having me, Roy. It's nice to be here. All good. Welcome. Thanks. So uh, let's just dive straight in and go with who's Ben? Ben is, I guess, in a professional sense, strength and conditioning coach. Uh, and then personally, I used to be in hospitality, um, sort of got out of that due to the lifestyle, started to get more into strength and conditioning, it's always been a passion there since I was a kid, uh, always been active anyway, yeah, and a little bit nerdy. Okay, yeah. sweet. Um, let's talk your, your hospital background. What were you yeah. doing, where you working, front of house, back of house? Yeah, always front of house. Yep. Uh, so I started when I was about 16, just part-time in high school. Mm-hmm. And then from there, decided that's where I wanted to go. So I took it a bit more seriously, started working in some restaurants attached to wineries, uh, some smaller restaurants, more towards the coast, down towards Geelong area. Yep. Uh, and then moved up to Melbourne, did a little bit of study through wine, just in terms of tasting profiles and matching. Started to work into that more towards the pointy end of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that time I was in a couple of restaurants in the CBD. Yeah, quite an unhealthy lifestyle if you're allowed to be. For sure. Yeah. And so what about your, your fitness journey? Fitness journey? Yeah. So I started doing martial arts when I was about seven and then did that for around seven years. Mm-hmm. From there, a friend in high school got me into the gym and the gym was sort of this basement filled with people that either wanted to be or looked like professional bodybuilders and were all absolutely enormous. So it was a very interesting place to start lifting weights and be in so like old rusted equipment, but at the same time it was a very good introduction, sort of like this chuck straight into the deep end. And then outside of that, I then started doing a little bit more cardio and some boxing work with a guy named Trevor, who's a personal trainer down in Geelong. Mm-hmm. And he really got me interested into the side of personal training, so I always enjoyed the actual training itself. Uh, so I decided to do a personal training course when I was living in Geelong. And then after that, after a hiatus from that, I started working in it full-time about six years ago. Cool. Yeah. Nice. And you combined your passions, it would seem, with the martial arts and the strength and conditioning. I did, yeah. With Martial Spirit for how long again? I've been with Martial Spirit, I've been a member there about four years now. Yep. And originally started off because I wanted to start boxing because yep. I got very bored of lifting weights for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then from there, I've been working there for a bit over two years now. Yeah. Cool beans. Mm, awesome. Yeah, which is it's a great place to work, actually. Yeah. Yeah, it was very fortunate. Nice. Uh, there was a Christmas party on the weekend. Yes. Yeah. Yes. We got to dress up like sumo wrestlers. Nice. Yeah. Happy yeah. to say I was a champion. Yeah. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, so let's then go into, now we've delved in both sides uh, of your life and your origin story, if you will. Yeah. Um, let's go into a trivia fact about you, something that you would share with maybe just your partner or like a long-standing client? Yeah, something you want out in the open. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. fact about me. I love waking up on Sunday mornings and watching cartoons. Right on. Yeah, it's absolutely a way I relax. Take yeah. a dog for a walk, go back home, sit on the beanbag and watch cartoons right. for a good hour. Cool. Yeah. Um, are we talking like cartoons from the 90s? Anything. Or anything? Anything. Whatever right I feel like. Right on. Yep. What's your go-to? Probably a good Batman cartoon. Batman? Yeah. Like 90s Batman animated series? Is that what we're talking about? Yeah, that's exactly what we're talking about. Nice. (laughs) Cool. There we go. Sometimes there's like pulling teeth about trivia factors. Yeah, true. Um, There you have it. Batman aficionado. 
Uh, we'll try to link some stuff back into that later on. So let's go a little bit deeper then. And what does fitness mean to you, for you? I'm always confused about that, that question around the grammar. But uh, let's start with fitness for you and then we'll go, yeah. go a little bit macro. Uh, fitness for me is encompassing a lot of different aspects of just general health. So I think you need to be relatively balanced throughout all physical activity and general lifestyle. So it'll range anywhere from sleeping, how you breathe, how you eat, the kind of stimulants you intake in terms of caffeine, what times they have them, all the way through to your power to weight ratio through your body, how long you can run for, how quickly you can move, how agile you can move, and how you can do it all pain-free is a big one, rather than pushing your body to a point where you wake up incredibly sore, but actually encompassing actual health with it and longevity. What's, um, what would you, what's your power to weight ratio at the, uh, <laughs> at the moment? And you're talking, with that you mean around the main, around your main lifts? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. At the moment, my strength would definitely be deadlifting. Yep. So the best I've ever done is 2.5 body weight. Mm -hmm. But at the moment it would probably be around just under two times body weight. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, what about your squat numbers and your bench numbers? Squat numbers, bench numbers are horrible. Yep. Uh, <laughs> horrible. <laughs> I think I'm weighing about 85 at the moment, and my one rep max would be around 100. Yep. Um, and then squat numbers around 120, 130 for two to three reps. Mm -hmm. Yep. So yeah. what do you think fitness means on an, I guess, industry level? Industry level. Well, where do you see it at? <laughs> yeah. There's so many different pathways at the moment, so it's very convoluted, partially in thanks to social media, mm -hmm. and then partially to what makes business owners and, I guess, personal trainers money. Mm -hmm. So the sort of the role of longevity, which a lot of people try and preach, you know, they set everyone up and try and get them moving well, feeling well, instill good habits, um, much like you guys do here. Mm -hmm. It's not so much, you know, <laughs> pleasure. <laughs> it's not so much a six or eight week sort of like blast them, get them in the door, get them out type of thing. Um, you win a $50 gift voucher for boost and we'll see you never mm -hmm. again enjoy a chiropractor session. Yeah. Um, I suppose that side of things is reinforced by a lot of Instagram, uh, where it's really not too much context in terms of actual words or dialogue, but very much visually driven. Having said that, you've got the other side of it where social media can be incredibly well used to put across really good messages. And if you want to listen or you want to deep dive, there's a lot of really good information out there for free that people would often used to struggle to get mm. and sort of where that bro science would originally originate from yeah so the fitness industry is an interesting one it's yeah there's a, find a lot more places are trying to add credit to the industry mm. but at the same time there's a lot of places opening up that are really just in it for money yeah yeah which is in every industry obviously yeah yeah, yeah. um that's that's a common theme when we talk to industry professionals like yourself on on the podcast just around i guess like white noise social media being like a bit of a double-edged sword because on the one hand it's it's good to get a, a brand or your name out there so people can find you to so you can help people as yeah. if like you know, on a pt level or a gym level or a, or a health or a healthcare level but then there's the flip side of it where you've got fitspo models or whatever trying to sell their book or exactly. meal plan thing. Yeah, they've been training for 12 months, yeah. genetically already look really good yeah. and all of a sudden have seven endorsements. Yeah. yeah. Um, so what's, I guess, like the middle road for people or what, what advice would you give to someone listening 
Well, let's go, let's go again, like, close to you first. So if you, uh, let's talk, someone here is, like, maybe a potential client. Yep. Um, FYI, if you're listening out, Ben's about to move from Brunswick down back to Geelong uh, for a number of reasons. So you can, you can keep an eye peeled for him there, but we'll get to contact stuff at the end of the episode. Um, yeah, so if a, a client's reaching out to you, you know, some advice or uh, traveler tips as they're navigating yeah. the, the Instagram fitness world. I think like anything, if it looks too good to be true, it probably is. Uh, and be aware with anything, everything takes time to get quality and to adapt. So there's no process in life you can rush. Mm. So if you're trying to rush it, be aware that it, it may work in the short term, but that often means that those results will fall away very quickly. Uh, and also it's not sustainable. So if you find someone preaching at you what you need to do, you know, sleep four hours a night, grind, no matter what, get in the gym, train three times a day, it's just not sustainable. Um, and it's not sustainable for a reason because your body probably shouldn't be doing it. Mm. And Everyone, particularly in Melbourne, is already so busy and so stressed that they need to navigate the energy levels, make sure they're sleeping well. So generally, I'd look out for people that are pushing you to go further than what your daily routine allows, because you can't push harder than your recovery can sustain. Um, that would be a big one. Can you say that again? You can't push harder than your recovery can sustain. There we go. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I think that's a massive one. Yep. So uh, also, people that just give you blank canvas statement answers. Um, I think people that truly care about what they're doing won't give you a 100% definitive answer because mm. there are so many avenues. And you get that with physical therapists, trainers. If people tell you one size fits all or this is the only approach, mm. there's a good chance they're genetic freaks themselves and it worked fantastically for them. Yeah. Or they just want to keep paying off their Ferrari. Yeah. So I'd definitely be on the lookout for that. Yeah. But in general, you should be able to find a lot of people that would have good explanations, have general understanding of biomechanics, and typically they're not too preachy. Yeah. They understand that it is a long process and they're not trying to con anyone into anything. Yeah. yeah. And I guess that's why, uh, I mean, we found each other on social media and yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> liked and followed each other and stuff. And it is, yeah, it's good to find, uh, I guess, other fitness professionals out there who, again, you might be on a different training modality, obviously where you're at at the moment, blending things like various martial arts practice with strength and conditioning and yeah. optimising sort of athletic outcomes for fighters. Yeah, mine would definitely uh, be a condensed version. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, you know, versus, I guess, a space like this where we serve more gen pop and yeah. um, what I like to call like weekend warriors, so people who like to go out and do sort of Spartan races or things like that. But there's definitely synergy around, I think, shared values and ethos in terms of training mentality when it, when it comes to that sort of thing. So Absolutely. And I think you'll find with things like that, they'll be more in common in training than not. Yeah. Yeah. And it's always just getting your basics right yeah. and making them strong. Yeah. Yeah. Rock solid foundations. That's it. Um, so that, I think that's a good jumping point too because uh, another question I wanted to, to talk to you around was um, your favourite aspect of coaching. You've been in the industry six years. You've been... Mm got a, a very, I would say, long-term training background, again, like starting martial arts at, at the age of seven and yeah. carrying some form of that all the way through adult life. So, um, yeah, what's your favourite aspect of, of coaching or being a coach? Favourite aspect of coaching in the art itself mm. would be partially the programming. Yeah. I really enjoy it. Uh, but then the other part would be the problem solving. So figuring out how best to help people and sort of minimal effective dose. And then the other side is pretty much everyone that will come 
to you for coaching or for training is proactive. Mm. So the kind of people that you actually want to be around. Yeah. And I think if anything, being around good clients is as mutually beneficial for them as it is for you. They're often very good at what they do. They're often really pushing in their own personal lives and they're making the right steps forward for themselves in their lifestyle. So I think my favorite part is actually just getting to meet people that I wouldn't normally put myself in front of and seeing how valuable they can be. Yeah, yeah. solid. Um, so that being said, uh, and you've got a big, quite a big lifestyle move again, going back, moving back to Geelong. So yeah, what was absolutely. the um, what was the what was the prompt from that? Was it uh, was it opportunity? Was it planning for the future? Was it a mixture of both? What's yeah? I suppose most of it would be planning for the future. Yeah. So on one point, I'm quite looking forward to going to more a bit more of a quiet surrounding. Mm-hmm. I think I've had enough for the CBD for the moment. Yeah. Uh, and also just being closer to the beach. Mm-hmm. So I quite enjoy trying to surf. Uh, and I quite enjoy going fishing and things like that mm. and just generally like, taking the dog for a walk and all that kind of stuff uh, without too many trucks going past me. Yeah. So that's one thing. The other thing is housing affordability mm-hmm. is a big one and that combined with lifestyle has a big, very big draw card. Yeah. Thirdly, going back to study. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'll be going back to do exercise science at Deakin, which I'm really looking forward to. I think I've got a big benefit where I've had the practical experience and you know the hours and hours of coaching getting in front of people and now the amount I'll be able to absorb will be higher than what I would have if I went in without any knowledge or experience. Uh, and then also my partner and I just got engaged so we're getting married next year. Congratulations. So, thank you. Nice. Yeah. So there is that set up in that part of life as well. Yeah, yeah mm. for sure. How important is change for you? Uh, it's quite important. <laughs> it's quite important. Sick dads are good. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, regardless of the size it is, I mean, it's the same kind of thing. If you just stick to the one program and the same weights for six months, mm-hmm. there's a good chance you're not going to grow. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the same with any sort of microcosm of life. It doesn't really matter what the change is mm-hmm. as long as it's something to keep yourself growing. Yeah, in some facet. And so that being said, who initiated the engagement, you or your partner? It was me. It was you. <laughs> <laughs> I turned 30 and I'm like, ah, oh, yes, realise my immortality. Yeah. Better do everything this year. Yeah, right on. And do it all at once. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, and we were talking around this just before. So, um, again, you've been in the industry a number of years now. Um, what do you see as the, the number one issue with the fitness industry today? Now, I just want to preface that question too by saying a lot of the times when, again, I've been asking fitness professionals that question, mm. it's like, this is, the, this is the problem. So it's like, I don't want you to think that I'm insinuating that there is a problem in the fitness industry by asking that question, but just yep. like we're, we're sitting on the living it every day spectrum. Yeah. Um, so what do you see as a as an issue or an identifiable issue? I think the biggest identifiable issue is communication yep. to people that are in the fitness industry starting out mm-hmm. and also to those that just want to be healthier. Uh, and I mean that really with general population and athletes alike. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of miscommunication and people like the fancy stuff. They want to look cool. They want to see you doing, you know, a single arm snatch with a barbell over the head mm-hmm. and just party tricks essentially. Yep. And that's fine. It's cool if you can do it really well. That's by all means, go for it. But everything's built on the foundations. And I think people need to really understand just bringing it all back for what it actually is. And it's just the same as anything. It's just you put in the groundwork just to make sure that there is that uh, something to build on. Like your pyramid can't get as high as it is wide, right? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And sort of, once again, what I feel like you guys are doing here, which, what was the inspiration for you in setting up 
this space and how it's evolved. Oh man, flipped it back. Yeah. Oh god. <laughs> Got to find uh, a bit more of a conversation. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the Fit Project, I guess, was born out of a couple of different factors. Identifying that a 24-7, or I guess very much what we sort of touched on, like a cookie-cutter approach to everyday people's fitness and health mm. wasn't working. And you look at that, if you look at that statistics-wise, if you look at that attendance-wise, um, yeah, across absolutely. across a number of different spaces. So that was that was one of it. So the, one of the driving factors was how do we make uh, fitness and health more accessible to the everyday person, mm. but also how do we make that as enjoyable as possible yep. for the everyday, so it, so it doesn't become a chore. Yeah. Um, it becomes a lifestyle for them. So that, that was the number one thing. The other thing around that was, again, I guess just uh, creating a space that would educate people around living a, a sustainable, uh, healthier lifestyle yeah. outside of, again, those sort of six and eight week challenge block stuff. Because um, my belief is that it is important to be uncomfortable and get outside your comfort zone. But if you spend your whole life battling something, chances are you won't get a very optimal outcome long term. Like, yeah, like, like you said before, you, you might you might lose a couple of kilos or whatever, but I think again the, the, the focus in the fitness industry around rapid fat loss and weight loss um, is doing a lot of people more harm than good in terms of hormonal imbalances and even failure. Yeah. Again, trips to allied healthcare professionals when they don't necessarily need to do that if they can just move better. Yeah, definitely. Overall. And then thirdly, again, I was working in a space where I just got to the point where I was in a, in a health and wellness space that had a vending machine in it that had junk food, basically. And I was like, this is, yeah. it just got to the point where it's like, there's such a big disjunction where you're like, come in and get healthier. And then you're selling stuff loaded with sugar and caffeine that's not teaching anyone about yeah. how to eat properly or do that, yeah, sort, of that sort of side of thing. Tastes like a lifesaver or a Snickers bar. <laughs> yeah. It's probably a lifesaver or a Snickers bar. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so, I mean, that was, the, that was the catalyst for taking the plunge into, into this space. So Yeah, very cool. And you obviously set up a... You were big on the culture here. Like you said, you wanted mm. a fun space and obviously people are going to stick to something a little bit more and create better habits if there is a good culture here. Mm. When you were doing that sort of with the books and you've got a reading area and a lounge and you obviously continue to expand every time I look on social media, there's a new thing in the gym. Yeah. Was that always the plan to go in that direction or did you sort of start off with the one size and thought that would be it? I actually was in a, on a trip to the States and I was training in a space in Seattle and I was like, huh, that space is a library. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Why don't more gyms have libraries in them if they're here that, you know? Um, and then I guess the, the second point around that was also natural evolution, natural evolution and necessity. Yeah. It's kind of, you know, people are hungry for, I believe, what's going to work for them long term and having a more mindful approach to their, their health. Yeah, definitely. Because, um, you know, it's, we've, we've talked about sort of challenge stuff and things like that, but I think the... Um, uh, I refer a lot of the time, that's like, that's the fast food of, of fitness. It's, it might work once or twice or it's good in short doses, but again, at the end of the day, it's about finding something that you can... Sustain. Sustain. And it's nourishing. <laughs> it's nourishing, exactly. Yeah. So, um, and I think that's the other thing too, you know, we talked about the social media side of things, where scrolling up and down through social media is great, but eventually you get over that and you're like, and you get off the screen and do something that has meaning behind it. Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah, so... 
I guess in terms of the, the growth of the space, that's uh, our three things are educate, empower, and grow. So if we're doing, you know, if we're doing that, and, and we're serving, you're genuinely serving people. Mm. I think it works. Yeah. You know? um, yeah. Well, definitely seems to work. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, on on that quick note with the thank you. On that note with the screen, if everyone is listening, mm. quickly check your phone for how many hours you actually use your social media accounts. It should be in your settings. Oh yeah. Have a quick look and just. Uh, yeah, actually see how you're using your time. Yeah, mm. I use an app called Rescue Time. Oh, cool. Uh, which will give, you, it'll give you notifications about, like, sporadically throughout the day or it'll pop up if you've been on your phone too long. Yep. And, yeah, it's, it is kind of disconcerting to see, yeah. to see that. It is, yeah, just frames <laughs> in the light you don't necessarily like. It. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but that being said, stay on your phone and listen to the end of the episode. Yeah, um, while, while you're walking. Yeah. <laughs> So um, let's, let's go back to change. If you could change one thing about the industry that you're working in, what would it be? You're the head of Fitness Australia yeah. or some sort of governing body. Yeah. You know what? I would probably start to eradicate the CEC program. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. Yeah. That's a bold statement. Yeah. It's, um, or at least I would regulate what actually constituted those points. Mm-hmm. So I find so many of them are just worthless. Yep. Yeah, for lack of a better word. Uh, having said that, there are a lot of really good ones out there that are definitely worth doing. But there's a lot of amazing courses that you don't get the CECs for. So if you've got someone that has to go and do these points mm. in order to keep their accreditation and their insurance and not leave themselves liable, but at the same time, without leaving themselves liable, they're doing a course that isn't up to standard and isn't enough to actually push them into a better direction and open them up to... Um, people that are overseas that have put in the study um, mm. and put together these really, really amazing courses, then what's the point? It's just doing it for the sake of doing it, which, as we know, is, needs some kind of purpose behind it. If you're doing it for the sake of doing it, it's just, it just goes back to that cookie-cutter program. Mm. Yeah, For sure. Can you just unpack again? So CEC stands for Continuing Education Credits, I think? I- Going to say yes, um, but I can't even remember. And the can you just because again for people who aren't fitness professionals per se, yeah. can you just unpack a little bit around what that system is yeah. and around? So that system uh, essentially means that you need to do a certain amount of courses, and each course will have a value of points, mm-hmm. and those points are required to get done. I believe every twenty four months, and you need to get a certain amount of points up. Um, I can't remember how many things about thirty or something. And there's a wide variety of courses, and some of them are really good and quite in-depth, uh, and they're often the ones that are more expensive and go for longer, mm. and they do that for a reason, because you get quality out of it. Mm. And there are other small ones you can do, and they're really easy to do, and they're sort of like one or two CEC points. And from what I've seen and what I've found, and the few that I have have done of those, i found that the low points often are the same as the quality yep. that you'll get. Yeah, I think a big thing is continuing education is fantastic, and mm. I think that actually setting up that system was a really good push in the right direction. But I think they need to reevaluate the quality of what's actually being put in front of personal trainers that realistically don't know any better. They mm. don't have enough time in the industry. They might be surrounded by other people that have only had 12 months' experience. As you know, there's a lot of people in the industry that don't last that long. Yeah. So then who do they go to for mentorship? Yeah, so I think, and that's that's another important thing I think too is the um, if you're a PT or if you I guess if you're a PT who can barely make rent on a gym floor or are barely making enough to sort of make it a sustainable a sustainable living for yourself, and then you've got these I guess this 
system set up where it's like, hey, and you've got to spend a couple of extra hundred bucks a year yeah. doing these doing these courses. I'm just still looking at thousands. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like, well, you're kind of almost yeah shooting yourself in the foot, I guess, a little bit because you've got less of an incentive to do something that's going to make you more valuable to your client, but also help your client more. Yeah, um, and uh, for those people that are looking for PTs or anything like that, um, if you see someone, sort of they've got those PT profile boards and you see a list of 20 accreditations, mm. ask them what they're for. <laughs> <laughs> you may find that someone that's got four accreditations is uh, the person you'd rather be training with. Mm. Not all the time, but it's definitely worth looking at what they actually mean and sitting down with PTs and you know qualifying them for yourself. Yeah, yeah. 100%. And just protecting yourself. It's, yeah. your, it's your money and it's your time and it's your body. For sure. Yeah. So let's talk then. Um, we got pretty serious and heavy uh, for the flip side there. So let's talk jokes now. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, dad so, jokes? Well, dad jokes, best slash work joke. What's the joke you use to break the ice with clients? Can be anything. It just started off as a dad. I can't remember why we started off with dad jokes per se. I think because I made a really terrible dad joke in our very first episode. I like it. And <laughs> I think most of the jokes I make are normally dad jokes. Right Having on. said that, they're typically on the fly. Yep. So I looked one up before I came in that I thought was amusing. Good, there we go. Yep. Nice research. Uh, it was, what's the least spoken language in the world? Sign language. Terrible, but Terrible. also good. Yeah. <laughs> also really good. Gets you thinking. Yeah. That's a good kind of joke. Yeah. Right on. Um... Can you say that one again so I can commit it to memory? Yeah. What's the least spoken language in the world? Sign language. Sign language. Yeah. Awesome. If you want to break that one out for the next Is class. that a joke, though? Because it's kind of also... I mean, it's, it's, the tr it's true. It is you factual. Break... <laughs> it's 100% <laughs> factual. Yeah. Um, but I like it. That's really good. So let's talk future plans for Ben, because at the moment your Instagram handle is what? Uh, ben underscore Marshall Spirit, and it will be for the next six days. And then? Because <laughs> <laughs> when the last time we spoke, you talked about like some really cool programming you're doing in the online space, you're making a shift down to Geelong for lifestyle things, but you've also yeah. got, uh, you're going to be working out of a pretty cool space down there. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what's your Instagram handle? Yeah, so I'm uh, probably going to change it to Fortified Movement right. is what I'm playing with at the moment, mm -hmm. and that's the website that I'll be launching in six days also. Can you spell that? Yeah, uh, so Fortified, F-O-R-T-I-F-I-E-D, mm -hmm. and then Movement, M-O-V-E-E-M-E-N-T. I'm pretty sure there's an extra E in there, but never mind that. Yeah. <laughs> spell check. Uh, the reason I chose that one was because, well, like we are talking earlier, getting the foundations right. I think a lot of people want to move really well and really impressively, but there's no actual substance to that, then mm. that's where you lead into injury. So a big one for me is injury prevention, which is what I've been working on with some osteos around the corner that I've been really fortunate enough to work with, uh, and that's in a North Osteo. Um, so Sue, Amy and Lucy and everyone else there, sort of really good kind of growth mindset, and they're really interested in treating their clients better and their patients better, and I find that quite rare within that sort of realm. Um, Ooh, do you reckon that'd be open to podcasting? I reckon they Getting on and would. talking about movement and rehab and stuff? I'm going to say they definitely would be. Oh. Yeah, and then it's, they look bad for their <laughs> <laughs> No, yeah, I'd say they'd definitely be up to. Yeah, yeah cool. Definitely worth, um, definitely worth getting in touch with them. Yeah. They're, yeah, really good. Awesome. Um, so we've got new Instagram handle. Yep. New website. 
Yep, new website. Be based out of Geelong? I will be working at Bodyfit in Geelong West. Yep. Um, so I'll be doing just classes there. Yep. So I believe the guy that started that, you probably know more about this than I do, but I believe he used to be a strength and conditioning coach for professional teams. Mm. Uh, Cam, well, one of the one of the CEOs, Cameron Falloon. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then so he, well, they head office programs everything and yep. sort of sends that out. So mm-hmm. you get relatively well-structured program and a big class. So for mm-hmm. what it is, I think they offer really good quality. Mm-hmm. And then I'll be doing some online work through the website as well. Great. So exercise library and, yeah, communication, full access to me. Mm. What? And what about your YouTube channel? Because we talked about the YouTube stuff. There is no YouTube channel yet. Ah, okay. Yes. Right. Uh, so I was going to launch a YouTube channel. Yeah. And then I looked at storing all of my videos on the website instead. Ah, so right, it's okay. a little bit more of a paywall. Yeah. Um, and then I'd like to do YouTube down the track. But mm. at the moment, I'm sort of going to just make sure I do everything well first before I start expanding too much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So online presence is going to be Fortified Movement. Yep. And that When's that go live? Uh, that will go live on Sunday. Uh, this Sunday? Yes. Cool. Yeah, so awesome. my last day of March of Spirit will be on Saturday. Yep. Um, and lucky enough, I will still be coming up to uh, see the fighters and help the fighters yep. through their fight camps for once a month. Cool. Um, and then everything else will be virtual for them. Yep. Yeah. Nice. And then Instagram is going to be? Uh, Fortified Movement also. Will that be a separate Instagram page or you keep your current Instagram page? I will just rename my current Instagram page. Are you on LinkedIn? I am not. Facebook? No. Oh. I am socially inept. <laughs> <laughs> socially media. Socially medially, yes. Socially not too bad. Yeah. Technologically inept. And, okay, I also said we'll loop stuff back to 90s animated Batman. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's your emotional connection to that? Oh, I just remember waking up in the morning as a kid and sort of watching cheese TV and just sitting down and watching cartoons in the morning. Yeah. For me, it's more of just, it's a good way to decompress. I typically mm-hmm. find I allow my mind just to wander and switch off for a little bit. Yeah. So, more than anything, it saves me from playing on my phone and getting distracted. <laughs> yeah, just actually some quiet time because yep. I'm very bad at meditation, which I need to get better at, but generally just switching off. And mm. for me, that's a bit of a cheat. Favourite episode? Oh, yeah. I don't know. Oh, right. I don't okay. know. Yeah. I can't think of one. Yeah. I'd be lying if I sort of paid that much attention to the episodes. Okay. Yeah. Fair sort enough. of just on. What about villain? Oh, favourite villain. Got to be the Joker. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Is it Mark Hamill? I think Mark Hamill does the voice of the Joker in the, uh, in the animated series. Yeah, he does. Okay. And then the last question. Yeah. Uh, what if... So someone's listening to this and they've listened to us for the last however long. Yep. What's a little... Um, nugget of advice or kernel of advice you that you'd throw their way so that they can have a, a better day. A better day? Mm. Nasal breathing. Oh there you go. Yeah, okay. Nasal Why? breathing. Uh, just helps with relaxing, um, helps with calming the nervous system. Mm-hmm. Um, so if your nervous system's all jacked up and feeling a bit flighty and edgy, maybe don't go for that next cup of coffee. You're probably already a little bit stressed out. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you mentioned earlier with hormones. Mm-hmm. So hormone profile will play a role in stress and vice versa. So yeah, definitely just nasal breathing. I try three minutes, maybe length of the song. Only breathing through your nose. Uh, and if you can do that without getting puffed out, you did it correctly. And if you feel like you need to breathe through your mouth, you're probably breathing a bit too fast. So just relax. Right on. Yeah. Um, so this will be uncomfortable for both of us. Can you lean into the microphone? And yes. can we do 60 seconds of nasal breathing just so people can hear what it sounds like? I am very silent with my nasal breathing. God. <laughs> God. Okay, so we're going to do. But some if na- everyone pauses for sixty seconds, it will replicate the exact same movement. We're going to um, we're going to nasal breathe 
for 60 seconds, guys, here. So just bear with us. It's not the end of the episode. We're just going to start breathing, and we want you to breathe with us. How many times do you say? It's a stressful podcast. <laughs> I normally do three, three and a half minutes. Three, three and a half minutes. Okay. And that's reinforced because I work with fighters, so three-minute yeah. rounds. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, let's go for a minute. All right, we're going to do 60 seconds, but the prescription is for three to three and a half minutes. Yep. And if you want to join in, feel free to join in. Yeah. And that was our awkward 60 seconds of nasal breaths. And as, as we were doing that, guys, there was a lady dying on the assault bike. <laughs> yeah. Probably not, the, probably not an ideal time to go nasal breathing when um, head coach Jerome sits out back with a uh, client crushing reps and calories on the, on the old she's echo bike. But she's working she's very hard. She's doing very well. Um, maybe she can do some nasal breathing when they finish in a moment. Yeah, actually, on that point, recovery day, for anyone that found that really easy, uh, my favourite thing is 10,000 metres on the roller, concept two, uh, nasal breathing. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I'm gonna try that. Favourite recovery day. I'm going to try that. Um, well, cool, Ben. Thanks for joining us on the Fit Project podcast. Pleasure. Thanks so for having me. It was great. All good, man. Yeah. All good. And we'll, um, we'll call that time.